Aaron's Journey, the podcast where we talk to professionals in the media industry to help encourage people with disabilities to pursue their dreams. Three, three, two, two, one, one. Everybody, it's Aaron's co-host Talia Flores, and today we got to interview the creator of Jimmy Neutron, John Davis, where we talk about his career and much more. So stay tuned. How did your career begin? Uh, well, it actually began when I was about oh 14 or 15 years old, and I started. Uh, I went to a animation film festival and saw a movie called Icarus. And uh, it was actually a short film. It was a clay animated film. And while I was watching it, I realized, hey, I think I know how they're doing this. And I got very excited. I went home and I got my parents' home movie camera. And I started doing stop motion animation with some of my uh, toys and action figures. And I think a lot of filmmakers, and particularly animators, started out that way. Um, But yeah, so I I did the little uh, animated uh, film. And then when I got the the footage back from the processor and I looked at it, um, you know, the little, my little action figures came to life. And I was so excited that was it. I I knew what I wanted to do from that day forward. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> so I have a question for you, Mr. John Davis. Where did you get the inspiration for Jimmy Neutron? Yeah, so Jimmy came out of an idea I had uh, I wanted to do as a short film. Uh, because in the early days of uh, my company, DNA Productions, uh, we started, just my, my buddy and I, we started out of my apartment. And we, um, so we were a very small company at first, but we wanted to start an animation company so that we could do what we love doing, which is uh, animation and filmmaking, but we really wanted to do our own films. And so we would do these um, after hours uh, short films. Uh, I had my own little short films I was doing, my partner had his short films. And uh, Jimmy actually grew out of one of those uh, little short film ideas I had. And I did it as a little short uh, in 95. But the inspiration came from, I wanted to have a character that got to do all the things that I wished I could do when I was a kid, but but wasn't smart enough to do. Like, I always would fantasize, like, it wouldn't be cool if I could fly to school in a, in, in, in a, a like a jetpack, or, or if I could build a robot dog, or if I could build my own rocket and, and, and fly into space, or if I could, you know, walk on the ceiling, or be invisible, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then I thought, well, um, if I'm going to create a character that gets to do all these things, um, I'll have to make him like a super genius, you know, that could uh, actually build this stuff. And so then that's where the idea came from. It was it was a, a wish fulfillment that I wanted to uh, to sort of live out my childhood fantasies through this character. Yeah, absolutely, John. Um, my next question, uh, what other TV shows and movies did you create? 
Um, I did a lot of short films, like I said, back in the day. We did stuff uh, for TV. Uh, you know uh, Weird Al Yankovic? Yep. Yeah. So he had a show on CBS, uh, his Saturday morning show back in the 90s, uh, the Weird Al Yankovic show. And uh, we did a lot of work on that. We did the, uh, the Fat Man cartoons, and we did the little opening 3D animation. Uh, we were also doing animation for some other TV shows and specials. Um, in 97, I did, uh, I wrote and directed uh, Santa vs. the Snowman, which was a, a holiday special for ABC. It was, it was the first primetime special that, had, that was done all CG. Um, and that was so successful that uh, it became repurposed and uh, re-rendered for IMAX theaters and, and played for several years in uh, IMAX. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Did you guys ever see that? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> Santa vs. the Snowman? Yeah, it's pretty fun. You can actually, uh, you can find it on DVD or it, it still pops up here and there every once in a while, but uh, yeah, it's a fun little show. And then, uh, uh, yeah, we, we did a bunch of, uh, uh, yeah, lots of, lots of, commercial work. Uh, but then I think the last thing I did right before Neutron was we did uh, All of the Other Reindeer, which was uh, another holiday special for Matt Groening, who does The Simpsons. Uh, he was producing. Uh, and it was an hour-long uh, all-CG animated special uh, for uh, television uh, with Drew Barrymore. And, and uh, yeah, it was really cute, really nice. It was fun to bring the style of the book that is based on to life, and that was part of the, the fun for that. But that was the last thing uh, we did right before Neutron hit. Yeah, and there, and there was one thing that was quite unique when it came to the Neutron series, I've noticed, especially me and other fans, that especially from what I know, that um, that Neutron first started out as a movie, and at the same time, the TV show was being worked on. Yeah, so what happened was uh, I originally um, pitched the show to Nickelodeon as a TV series. That was the original pitch. Uh, I worked with my partner, Keith Alcorn, uh, to design characters. Keith and, and Paul, who worked for us, they, uh, uh, they designed all the characters. And, uh, 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 and uh, um, uh, we, I put together a pitch packet for the series. Like I wrote several stories that became episodes later. And, and had all the characters uh, described, and, and, and so I pitched that. But then uh, Nickelodeon said, uh, great, uh, this looks really cool, uh, let's do a TV pilot. Uh, so then it took a couple of years <laughs> with, you know, to go through all the lawyers and all the legal stuff and the contracts. Uh, it took two years of that before we were finally able to get greenlit to do the pilot. Uh, so this was in, I think, 98. Um, so, did the pilot episode and sent it off to Nickelodeon and that's when things really started to happen because they saw the pilot and they flipped over it. They just went crazy. So uh, all the, the, the heads of Nickelodeon, all the top people, they all flew to Dallas and met with us and said, oh, this is great. This is, we love it. Uh, how did you do this? And, and we definitely want a TV series, but we also want a movie. And, and uh, so it just went crazy. So then you know, I said, well, if, if you wanted to do uh, a movie and a TV series from a production standpoint, it would be great to do the movie first because you can build all the digital assets you need. Um, and you can build them all at feature quality and then use those on the series and the series will look so much better. And yeah. they 
said, oh yeah, that makes so good. that makes sense. But we also are used to uh, you know building an audience with our TV channel. Uh, so why don't we do like a series of shorts uh, that will lead up to the movie, and then the movie will then spin off into a series. And so that's kind of how that came about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I was also want to add to that. Um. Like, what was it? What was the difference between the prototype and and the uh, final final pilot that was released? Yeah. So the. Uh, the, the, the first little shorts I did, I did uh, actually two little shorts, one in 95, it was only 30 seconds long, and is, all of us, do what? Is, is that the, where Jimmy Neutron is named Johnny? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, John Quasar, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. And all he does is he flies up to the camera and says, you know, hi, I'm Johnny Quasar. You know, uh, sometimes I'm too smart for my own good. And, or he goes, I'm a genius. And he says a few things. And then he says, got a blast. And he, he dodges an asteroid and flies away. And that's all there was to it. Um, but that got the ball rolling. And so I, I knew that, that technically that was one of the first things we did in 3D. And, and uh, after about a year, I go, oh, we can do so much better. So that, then I did a second one. Uh, that was really fun. And so in the second one, he's being chased by aliens shooting at him and all this kind of stuff. And we get to see his clubhouse. And, and it was a little bit longer. It's like maybe a minute long. Um, and uh, so I actually did the second little little short. Uh, but then um, kind of my original story uh, that I wanted to use in the pilot where, where Jimmy kind of runs away from home and winds up battling aliens and then gets plopped right back home right as his parents are going to walk out and look for him. And his parents say, see, he's been in the, in, in the front yard the whole time, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so that idea of the pilot became the idea for the movie. Uh, so, you know, it took the whole idea of Jimmy, you know, he's going to, you know, uh, mad at his parents, you know, uh, you know gee, I wish, wouldn't be so great if we didn't have him. And then he winds up, you know, parents being abducted by the aliens that he, he fought in the pilot. Yeah. And uh, he has to go rescue. So so the pilot idea sort of turned into the, the feature story. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, and from talking with Mark DeCarl, um, am I correct that that for Hugh Neutron, that the rocket speech was mainly, mainly, mainly one of the first lines for Hugh? Yeah. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, that was uh, his speech. When, in Jimmy's room about the rockets and big fiery flying things that whole talk in the bedroom uh, that was in the pilot and uh, was was rewritten with uh, only a few changes for the uh, the movie oh okay <laughs> I have a question for you regarding Jimmy's um, name because it's very interesting that you came up with the name Jimmy could you tell me how you came up with the name Jimmy yeah uh, so originally I had called the character Johnny Quasar and uh, uh, people, I, I called him Johnny Quasar because when I used to work uh, for my dad's company in, the, in a survey party, uh, it's a land survey and I'd go out with these guys, they would tease me and, and, and joke about me because I was kind of a, a, a science nerd and they would call me Johnny Quasar, you know, uh, space cadet or something like that. And I thought, Johnny Quasar, that's pretty funny. And I remembered that, and then I thought, I'm going to use that for this character. But then uh, some lawyers got involved from Nickelodeon and said, hey, there's a, there's a Captain Quasar video game, and there's also Johnny Quest. It's kind of close. So, so come up with a, another name. So my wife and I, uh, we took our dog for a walk. We walked around the block and said, okay, we got to think of another name. I got to send another name tonight. <laughs> so 
I kept thinking, okay, Johnny Proton, Johnny, you know, Electron, uh, uh, Jimmy Quasar. And then I, I finally came up with Jimmy Neutron, and, uh, and that kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, um, I was. It works for sure. I mean, it's catchy. I remember, I remember going to watch Jimmy Neutron in theaters, and I see these, this cute little boy with a big giant head that's like a, a genius, and I thought this is gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To add, yeah, to add, uh, to add to that, why does Jimmy Neutron exactly have a big head? <laughs> yeah, why does he have a big head? Well, he's gotta have some place to put that big brain. <laughs> And is it true that that uh, Sheen was supposed to be Asian? Yeah, originally I'd written the character based on. Uh, uh, well, I, I love uh, collecting. I'm, I'm a fanboy, and uh, some of the best collector and fanboys are, are uh, in Japan. The Japanese uh, call them uh, otaku. Uh, which is kind of a fanboy, kind of a nerd guy. And um, <laughs> so I, I envisioned this character as being sort of otaku, kind of a Japanese fanboy. Because um, I, I can relate to him. I, I like to collect things, and, and she's really big into collecting things. And so, but then we were trying to cast the role, and we were having a hard time casting for the role. And um, I finally uh, uh, found this uh this guy, Jeff Garcia, who was not you know, Japanese, but I loved what he did with the character. I loved his voice. So then the character became uh, a um, Hispanic character uh, because of uh, Jeff Garcia doing the voice for it. Gene's yeah. hilarious. My yeah. favorite line of his is in the Christmas special when he goes, and last summer I was bitten by eel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and like, yeah, and, and where do you, and... Uh, and also to add to that, uh, where did uh, Sheen's uh, uh, fa- fancy for Ultra, Ultra Lord, come, Lord from? come in? Oh yeah, so I wanted to give uh, Sheen a, uh, I wanted to, again make him a fanboy. So then I thought, okay, well, what's he a fan of? So I wanted to create a uh, fictitious show and a fictitious character that he could idolize. And and um, uh, so I was thinking of some of the things like. Uh, uh, Ultraman and, and some of these uh, Japanese hero shows, uh, they're always using Ultra this and Infra that, and and uh, and so I just came up with Ultra Lord, <laughs> and, uh, and and then the visual motif was that he's kind of made from like uh, like car parts, you know. <laughs> yeah. And every new episode, he gets a brand new Ultra Lord and brings it to show and tell. They're like, you brought the same thing last week. But he's like, no, this is Ultra Lord 3000. Yeah, this, this is the special limited blue version or the special limited red version or the one. Yeah, and that's why I thought it was so funny, because if you're into collecting, like I like collecting, is that uh, a lot of people, they'll they'll buy two, two of, of each so they can open one and then they keep one unopened. So it's in perfect, pristine, never been opened condition. So that's where that line comes from when when uh, Sheen's been saying, you know, it's a it's a never been seen condition. <laughs> <laughs> How did you make science and being a genius cool instead of the stereotypes? Yeah, well, for me, uh, growing up, uh, you know, I grew up in the uh, the space race, you know, in the '60s, seeing all the the Apollo shots to the moon. And, you know, my heroes were astronauts back then. So I thought astronauts and science was cool. <laughs> you know, I still think it's cool. Um, 
because to me it's it's like it's like magic you know i mean you can science provides the means to do some things that are seemingly impossible and it seemed like you know almost limited possibilities and so i'm still a huge proponent of uh, space exploration and science and uh, education uh, i think that's the way mankind will hopefully save itself you know by becoming educated being smart coming up with solutions to these really uh complex problems we have so to me to me science has always been cool you know it's cool to be smart it's cool to be educated i concur and when i was in like middle school i was the jimmy neutron of my class yeah. oh yeah i was uh i was a bit nerdy myself uh, when i was in junior high i, I used to play football and then i realized I, I like reading science fiction more than playing football. So then I said, I'm just going to read science fiction and, and uh, do that. And then, of course, I was immediately a nerd, but I just like the nerds better. They're more interesting. <laughs> yes, and they stay out of trouble. <laughs> um, um, how did you come up with Neutron's Brain Blast? Oh, the Brain Blast was actually, that was uh, something that Steve Odekirk came up with. <laughs> uh, doing the brain blast, he, you know, he Steve was pitching the idea that you know Jimmy would have some kind of uh, catchphrase whenever he uh, got an idea. He did the brain blast, so that was something that uh, that, that Steve added. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, li- I like when he has a brain blast because it goes straight into his ear, and the right one you see like what he's thinking. He goes brain blast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, what wasn't wasn't it also their idea uh, for the animation? Uh, for the to to visualize the brain blast? Yes. No, that was something that, that we came up with uh, DNA. Oh, okay. How um, how was White Wave 3D different from where it is now when oh, Neutron yeah. first came out? Yeah, well, all the, all the software is much more advanced and capable now than it was when Neutron came out, because, you know, that was, uh, Neutron came out, she was uh, 17 years ago. <laughs> yes. So, uh, when the movie came out, uh, and so all of the software is, is much more capable, much more advanced. Um, but on what we did with um, the movie is we use Lightwave because we had to turn around the movie so quickly and build a pipeline so fast that we didn't have time to try to relearn a whole new system or write any custom software and all that kind of stuff. We just had to use off the shelf, right out of the box, Lightwave. And so that was kind of groundbreaking for its day. And in fact, there hasn't been a lot of uh, projects done that way because uh, particularly at that time, uh, because the, most of the off-the-shelf software wasn't capable, but, but Lightwave gave us the tools we needed at the time uh, to get the movie done. And, you know, there's limitations, but we just worked within those limitations and made it part of the style. Uh, the other thing is that when we went from movie into the TV show, the TV show, um, it moves at a much different pace. There's a lot more material that has to go through the pipeline a lot faster. So we actually changed and we started animating in Maya, but we still would render in Lightweight because all the assets were still in Lightweight. So so that was kind of an interesting pipeline for the series. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that Jimmy Neutron was modern for, for its time when it came out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason that the characters look the way they look uh, and the show looks the way they look is that I always loved stop motion and I always thought of the computer uh, doing computer graphics as being a way to do better stop motion. <laughs> and by that, I mean, uh, you could do motion blur, you could rehearse it, you can fix things, you can, you can have unlimited real estate and lights and you can put the camera anywhere you want. Um, and I love that. And so, but I always liked the style of some of the early, uh, like George Powell puppetoons and things that are very stylized. And, and so there's a little bit of that style designed into Jimmy and that universe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Is there anybody um, that inspired you to uh, make TV shows? Well, the, the person that inspired me the most, I, I think, to 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 really pursue film uh, was uh, Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen. Are you familiar with 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 Ray's work? Um, I'm not sure. Okay, so Ray Harryhausen is a stop motion animator. And he's the guy that did the original, you know, Clash of the Titans, and he did uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, and, and uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen all of those. I'm an old school buff. <laughs> yeah, Earth versus Flying Saucers, and the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, and and uh, uh, you know, the uh, like, oh, the uh, uh, all the Sinbad movies. I think there's three of them. Uh, J- Jason and the Argonauts was a was another one that uh, I thought was awesome. But anyway, his films just inspired me uh, when I was a kid. I just I absolutely loved them. They just really transported me, and I loved the stop motion look and the way that he would bring these creatures to life. It just fascinated me, and so he was somebody I was I was very obsessed with, and uh, was one of the reasons I was so uh, uh, enamored with with filmmaking. And then as I got into filmmaking, of course, I discovered other people that became heroes. You know, like one was when uh, I went to go see the original Star Wars the first day it came out. And it just blew me away because it was such a huge shift in what was possible in filmmaking. And it just it further inspired me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, my next question is going to be kind of in relation to something that's been going on. Um, people on social media have been asking about a possibility of a Junior uh, Turn revival. By any chance, would you be able to say of that possibly happening, or is that or is that so much for right now? Yeah, right now there's uh, I've, I've I've brought it up before, and there's been some discussions about it in the past. Uh, but there's nothing concrete uh, that's happening that I that I know of. <laughs> and uh, at some point, if something does happen, um, I'll have to know about it. Uh, I uh, I'm I'm open to doing uh, more with uh, Jimmy and, and the gang, uh, and actually have a have some some story ideas. I think it would be really cool if they decided to reboot it. Uh, but that decision lies solely with uh, Nickelodeon right now. Uh, and um, uh, I think they, they know that I'm I'm interested if the time comes and, and they want to do something. So yeah, uh, yeah, because there's been because there's been a petition going around about re- about reviving it and and it ended up getting the and, and it ended up getting the attention of Nickelodeon. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, to me, I think it makes perfect sense. I you know I thought of this a couple of years ago, thinking, well, you know. Uh, kids that grew up watching Jimmy are starting to have kids and 
they're going to want to take their kids to something and, and wouldn't it be cool if they could keep, take their kids to go see a new Jimmy Neutron movie like the one they saw when they were kids. So uh, I think there's a window of opportunity that makes sense for uh, Nickelodeon and the studios to do it. Um, it's just, uh, you know, if the timing is right and the personnel are right, there's a lot of things that have to line up just, just right. Uh, but, uh, but I'm certainly open to it if, uh, if, if everything is, uh, is the right situation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I have another question for you. What was your favorite Jimmy Neutron episode, or what is? Well, you know, when people ask me that, I always tell them, my favorite Jimmy Neutron episode was the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie was still my favorite uh, part. Even though the, the series turned out great and there's episodes where we got to spend more time with the characters and get into the Jimmy Cindy relationship. Um, and there's oh, some really that. great. Yeah, there's some really great moments. But for me, everything started with the movie. And. Uh, uh, to me, that was still the, the uh, my favorite uh, was was working on the film. Yeah, and 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 I bet looking back, and I bet looking back now, when you realize how much you how much that was spent on making the movie, you you kind you kind of you kind of look back at it now like wow, for its time it was oh, yeah. it, it was it was you know masterpiece. <laughs> well, it you know, still uh, is a masterpiece to this uh, day. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> we have a, there's, there's a lot. I wish I could take credit for everything, but you know I can't. I uh, I was just the uh, the band leader. We had so many great, talented people working on it. Uh, had a crew of about 150 people uh, at our company in Dallas at DNA Productions uh, that did all the work, and uh, they were fantastic. And the thing that made it successful, one of the things that made it successful, is that. Uh, we made it such a fun environment to work in and that everyone had a, such a good time working on the project that I think it really translated to the screen. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That's, that's always been important to me is trying to trying to maintain the, a proper environment that you work in to create these things because if you're having fun working on it, it, it should be fun to watch. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just my philosophy. Yeah, yeah, especially, especially with the voiceover sessions because I've heard that for the voiceover sessions, what normally would happen is the voice actors would be all together and they'd do like a, do like a radio play off of each other. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, that's one great thing about Neutron is that we didn't have a lot of celebrity uh, voices. We, you know, we had uh, Patrick Stewart and, and, uh, uh, and, uh, um, oh, I don't know his name now from, uh, SCTV. Um, uh, anyway, not a lot of celebrities, they're mostly uh, voice actors. And unfortunately, in most animated films, a lot of the voice actors get recast with celebrities and, and replaced. But with Neutron, since they were all gonna be kid characters, uh, and I knew it was gonna go for years because you know we spent two years on the movie, then another three and a half years uh, on the series, that I couldn't cast actual kids because their voices would all change and they'd grow up. So I needed to cast adults that could do kids' voices, which meant I wasn't gonna be doing celebrities, I'd be doing voice actors. And there are some wonderful voice actors in animation. They're, just, they're awesome. Uh, many of which are in Jimmy Neutron. You know about like Martin Keller, Rob Paulson, Debbie Derryberry, and, and Megan Cavanaugh, and, and you know, yeah. and uh, Jeff Garcia, yeah. all these guys. They're, they're really, really great. And what's also nice that if you're a voice actor like that, 
your schedule is a little more flexible. So I could get these guys all in at the same time to come in and, and go off script and play with the material. And that's where a lot of the gold comes from. And um, you, you don't get as much of an opportunity to do that if you're casting all like A-list celebrities because their schedules are so crazy, you can never get them in the same room at the same time. <laughs> so that was a nice, a nice extra bit of having uh, uh, voice actors being your main, main cast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, and, and especially from my know, um, from what I understand, um, after after the Junior Tron show was made, it ran up until 2006 when um, when DNA Productions cl- uh, closed, right? Yeah. We, well, what happened was we went uh, from the the uh, Jimmy Neutron movie into the Jimmy Neutron series. And then after the uh, the first season or so of the series, uh, it found its legs and was doing okay and everything was running smoothly. Then I started focusing on the next feature film to do. Uh, and that's when uh, Tom Hanks uh, called me and said, uh, I didn't know him, he just called me out of the blue and said how much he loved Neutron and that he had uh, bought the rights to this book called The Ant Bully that he wanted to make. And he asked if I had an idea for it. And so uh, so he sent the book and, and uh, you know, I had some thoughts and I had a meeting and he, he loved my ideas and he said, let's go make it. So then so then we went and uh, made the movie uh, The Ant Bully. Uh, and so that was... Yeah, and I understand that at some point after that, that, that all around, uh, DNA Productions went bankrupt and then closed. Is that correct? Yeah, we, yeah. It didn't go bankrupt. It just we we hit a point where uh, after after Ampoli, we didn't have the next project lined up, and so there's going to be a big gap. Uh, and because of that gap, we we knew that we were going to have to uh, lay off a lot of people. And as we talked about it, and we'd been in business for you know the, the company was 20 years old at this point, and it was very difficult to own and operate what became such a huge company it was the biggest company i ever worked for and it was something i created Uh, we had 250 people working and uh, we had no investors it was all uh, out of my pocket and my partner's pocket and and so uh, with that many people it became too too big to sustain that way and we we had a decision we'd either sell it outright uh, and be attached and and uh uh, or uh, we could, you know, shut the production company down, keep the company, uh, and just use it as a, a depository for residuals, which is what we did. And then that way, uh, myself and my partner, we could be uh, kind of hired guns to go anywhere um, and work on any project, and we, we weren't tied to a studio anymore. Yeah. All that makes a whole yeah. lot of sense, because when you research about it, it says that you guys went bankrupt but now that i have the now that we have the whole story we kind of have an idea of what really yeah yeah, yeah we, no, we didn't yeah we didn't go bankrupt we never filed bankruptcy in fact uh, dna still exists it just it just that we shut down the uh, facility so we don't have the production company anymore oh, so okay. we, we started yeah dna started with myself and my partner keith alcorn and now it's back down to the two of us again <laughs> yeah yeah and to add to that for Junior Neutron, from what I understand, another company 
uh, was working with working with DNA Productions on Junior Neutron, which was O Entertainment, right? Which is where? Uh, which was O Entertainment. Oh, on, uh, on the Jimmy Neutron movie? Yeah, yeah they didn't yeah, do any production on it, but but that was Steve Odekirk's uh, production company. So they get a producer logo, but they didn't do any production on it. Oh, okay, okay, because I okay, because yeah. originally, because originally, a lot of time when I when I saw it, I, a lot of time I was confused because because it because it because it, it, it made it seem like that both companies were working together. Yeah, I mean, technically they were because that was his producing company, but but O Entertainment at that time was just Steve. Oh, okay. Uh, he didn't have an animation company or anything. Uh, uh, Steve later created an animation company to do the barnyard. Uh, but when we made Jimmy, he didn't have a uh, animation company. Oh, okay. I have a question for you, John. So you went from doing Neutron, and then years later you did Planet Sheen. Right. And right. that was interesting because we waited years for Planet Sheen to come out. Could you tell us how that came to be about? Yeah, that was based on uh, while I was working on uh, directing The Ant Bully, uh, my partner Keith uh, was developing a show with another uh, in-house director uh, that we had um, called, I think it was called Red Acres. And it was uh, it was about a guy who goes to space and winds up, uh, you know, he's he's a stupid guy, uh, but the aliens all think he's a genius and uh, think he's brilliant. And uh, uh, so it was, it was you know it was pretty funny. It was kind of a Green Acres kind of a spinoff. That's why they call it Red Acres. Um, and but then the idea was like, well, hey, instead of having it just be some guy, how about it's a it's a neutron spinoff? Maybe the guy Sheen and Sheen goes his place. So I think uh, 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 Steve Odekirk was pushing for that idea quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and so they decided to do it as a Sheen show. And, and so, to be honest, um, uh, I it wasn't a show that really appealed to me that much. So I was not that involved. I, I was consultant on it. So I would I would talk to my, my partner, Keith, who was more involved with it and, you know, tell him what I thought about things and stuff. But I kind of... Uh, uh, I, I didn't become that involved in it, uh, uh, even though I love the Sheen character and I love the basic idea. You know, I felt like, you know, to me, what the magic of Neutron was when you get those three characters together. You know, Jimmy, Carl, and Sheen. And without them, you just have, you know, Sheen by himself. He, he to me, he works better in a, in an ensemble. Um, and so I. I yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say about that because I understand that for Planet Sheen, they had they had um, they had Rob Paulson uh, uh, do a uh, do like a kind of a kind of a kind of like I guess kind of like goo like character I guess that's like in space. Yeah, they're supposed to be kind of like uh, Carl. He even sort of looked a little bit like Carl, um, which is kind of funny, but. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's obviously there's some really funny stuff in it, and, and uh, it's, it's great to see Sheen again because he's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, my 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 preference uh, is still for uh, the Neutron series, uh, simply because I prefer that that type of ensemble uh, cast. Yeah, and yeah, I was gonna ask about for the Planet Sheen. Why do you think it did not succeed? 
as you neutron did oh um you know i think you probably would have there were some some business things that happened and some some problems with production uh that happened that i think made the show difficult to produce so there were some things that happened that that weren't uh, involving the creative part of the show uh that made it uh to where nickelodeon had a hard time producing it and they decided you know what um you know we'll just we'll just have it go one season because i think the ratings were actually uh really good so um it was mostly uh i think it was one and done mainly for production problems and production issues yeah yeah absolutely um <laughs> yeah absolutely um for anyone who wants to make their own tv show um what advice would you give them to, to make your own TV show. Well, for one, uh, you need to come up with something that's uh, unique. <laughs> it's always tricky. Something that's very unique that we haven't seen before, but appeals to everybody. <laughs> and uh, it's always hard to do. Um, but what I preach mostly to people is that you, what you come up with, you need to be personally like really passionate, really excited about it. Um, so when you get in front of people and talk to them about it, they can see your enthusiasm and see how excited you are. Um, that's a, a, a large amount of it. And then really think about what the series is. Who are the characters? What's the motor for the series? What's what's going to keep people tuning in week after week? You know, um, and so it's got to have legs. And so when you're thinking about it, you're thinking about not just one story, but you're thinking about a world with a cast of characters that could have limitless stories. You know, the concept is is big enough uh, for the telling of, of dozens and dozens of stories. And so, um, and then when you go and you're you're going to pitch that idea to somebody, uh, you develop what's called a show bible, uh, which is character designs. Uh, a, a script sample of maybe the pilot episode and then a bunch of uh, little synopses of here are examples of story ideas for all these different episodes and then people get a feel for okay I understand how this could be a series I understand how this could this could go for years you know and never run out of ideas yeah yeah absolutely um, uh, Tawia do you have uh, any questions to add um uh, one now with Jimmy and Sydney was, was Sydney based on a childhood crush that you had or anything like that it was she wasn't necessarily based on a specific person uh, Sydney was it now some of the other characters were <laughs> um, the Carl character was actually based on a guy I knew in elementary school named Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, he was like super, super nice, really affable, and really you know go along as a great guy. And I thought, oh, then Carl. Uh, and then Sheen, you know, I told you about the origin of um, of the character that's kind of based on my my fanboy stuff. But then the name Sheen actually came from a guy that used to work for me. Uh, he was a Japanese kid named uh, Harashin, and he used the nickname Sheen. And I thought, that's a cool name. So I kept the name, <laughs> and uh, that's where the name came from. Uh, and then um, with Cindy, uh, yeah, I didn't really base from a specific uh, early uh, childhood crush I had, um, but um, 
but the character came out of the fact that I wanted a little uh, girl nemesis for Jimmy. Um, and the, the name Sydney Vortex actually came from one of our animators, uh, Tim Hatcher, who worked for us at the time. Uh, he wrote a little springboard story that I still thought was cool. It never got produced into an episode, but I thought it was a fun idea. And, and it was using the Cindy character, and he called her Cindy Vortex. And that's where the name Vortex came from. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially I've noticed with uh, Cindy, I've noticed um, about... I was kind of wondering about like where the whole trope of, a, of the love-hate relationship came from. Yeah, so uh, it was in the... Um, it was just... It was something, again, I wanted to have Neutron have a, a little nemesis this little girl that could have this sort of uh, 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 you know, romantic tension between them, you know. Uh, and then we had, uh, I think it was the Dave's Weiss and Sim, where they came and did a pass on the script on the movie, uh, sort of amplified that up and said, you know, it, we started talking more about the backstory. Like, well, not only she's going to be a little nemesis, she could consider herself the smartest kid in school until Jimmy moved in. And it made them that really kind of solidified their uh, their adversarial you know relationship uh, and it's great because what you want is you want to have conflict between characters and that immediately set them up in conflict it's like hey I used to be the smartest kid until Jimmy moved here you know and at the same time she's kind of attracted to him yeah yeah it's like yeah because I understand that you because I understand there was an episode later on that 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 betrayed him. That betrayed him. Uh, that betrayed him in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, what, what was it? What was it like writing that? <laughs> yeah, that one I didn't write on the on the TV series. We had uh, uh, several different TV writers uh, writing different episodes, and I can't remember if Jeff Spingarn or who wrote that one. Uh, but that was a good episode. That's one of my favorites. Next to the slumber farting one when they're being attacked by the pizzas. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then yeah, and then and then another one that would be up there would be would be I guess Flippy, but the thing is, I don't know why, but still to this day, I still find the Flippy episode a bit creepy. I don't know why. Especially Flippy himself. I don't know why. <laughs> No, I think you're right. Probably a little creepy. <laughs> I just don't know what it is. Like, like the you can explain the, that. The slumber party episode where Carl sings good morning tea. <laughs> good morning tea. We're all in our places and Johnny faces. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. And, and the thing is, I was also going to ask, too. I was wanting to ask about... Um, did you, did you or somebody else in the team come up with uh, Sheen's rap? Uh, you know, I don't remember Sheen's rap. What, what episode was that from? Um, the one where him and Carl weren't talking. Oh, yeah, you know, I don't remember. I have to look up and see who wrote that episode. So whoever wrote that episode wrote the rap. <laughs> I can't remember who wrote that one. Yeah, but but but, but it was main, but it was mainly the mainly a rap that Sheen did that was towards Jimmy. <laughs> and, and, and there are various times that me and Ty have gotten a kick out of it. Especially especially none of the those songs we've gotten a kick out of is uh, Donut Boy. <laughs> uh, it's Donut Boy. So, so. So tell me, I have a question for you guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where are you from? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm from PA. Okay. I'm from. I'm originally from New York, but I live in Orlando, Florida. Oh, okay. So you, so you're in Orlando, and then, and then uh, you, Aaron, you're in PA. Yep. Oh wow! Very cool. Yeah. And I'm actually going to school for creative writing and animation. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. e- and eventually, I want to go work for Nickelodeon and create something. Well, that's good. Yeah, we need more creators. We the world needs more writers and more more voices that can uh, bring stories uh, to people. So so good luck. Yeah. Thank you. I'm rooting for you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And um. Anyway, I have a couple more uh, questions for you, John. Okay. Um. Do you have any final words of wisdom? Final words of wisdom. My final words of wisdom have, have always been. Um, you know, follow your passion. Follow what what you're excited to do. You know, because a lot of people, uh, you know, I, I'll meet some people that are worried about, you know, gee, how much does it pay? How much is how much am I going to make doing that job? If you're going into filmmaking or really any of the arts, uh, that's not your first question. You, you know, the first question is is you know who can i get to make my dream project <laughs> you know you're you're more focused on the work and i think if you're focused on the work and you're passionate about the work uh the money will follow you know that that'll take care of itself um and even if it doesn't even if it even if you're only able to do it as a hobby and have to take another job at least you're doing something you care about and you're passionate about and um and if you can make a living doing it uh great i mean that's when i got into filmmaking i never dreamed that i would have the success that i had and and even if i didn't create jimmy and have other successes i would still be happy uh being able to work uh in a business that i really cared about and was excited about um, and so that's that would be my my words of wisdom to people. It's like whatever it is, whether it's filmmaking or or bricklaying or you know whatever it is, you know, just do what you're excited about doing and, and follow follow your passion and then and then put in the time uh, to be great at it because you know nothing's free. It takes time to do good work. It takes time to to uh, create something of value. Uh, it's not something that comes easily. Yeah, um, and yeah. there's a lot of roadblocks, and because of all the roadblocks, if you're going to get around them, it, it, you're going to have to be passionate, excited about it. That's the only way you're going to keep going yeah. long enough to, to get to the end. So that that's my that's my words of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because because for me, before before I've done my podcast for like the second time around, I end up take I end up taking um, classes through a real school originally before it closed down. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so, uh, kind of, kind of my uh, last, uh, kind of the my last question. Um, how can uh, uh, people can find out more about your work? Oh well, uh, you know they can find out about me there and find about the work. There's a list of work on IMDb and it lists all my credits and the things I've worked on. <laughs> uh, that's probably the best place to go and find out. Uh, you know, what I've done. If you'd like to continue to be a part of Aaron's journey, consider donating to the podcast monthly. Head on over to my anchor page for more information on how to get exclusive bonus content and more.